BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, Doug Mellard. Hey, DB. <laughs> this is the part of the show at the beginning where you go ahead and say our, our actual names. Doug. Other uh, Doug. Hi, Doug. That's not me. Hey, Doug Benson. There you go. Finally, <laughs> finally got there. You know, Karen Anderson and I have been doing Dino, Doug, and Karen for years, and she's just been very obstinate about never doing the opening um, the correct way. And, uh, so I'm, I'm just bringing that up cause I'd like you to get your shit together. <laughs> All right. From now on, I got it. <laughs> yeah, I have Most to say, likely. hello, Doug Millard. Well, I just respond in kind. <laughs> I'm just like, hi, uh, hi. Richard. <laughs> don't even get the name right. Do you want to make a podcast? <laughs> uh, today's I'm just excited dude because today's Wide World of Dougs has one of the I feel like one of the best Dougs ever he wasn't hard to get because I already knew him but I still didn't want to have him you know on the show right away because it might he might be hard to top just in terms of being a, an interesting person a successful person and a person with an extremely generic name <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's right. Doug Jones is going to yeah. join us today. Perhaps our most diverse Doug, maybe. I mean, the dude, you've seen him a bunch of times without even knowing it's him. He's Abe Sapien in the couple of Hellboy movies that uh, Del Toro did. He's the Silver Surfer in that fan Fantastic Four movie. He's the fish man who gets it on with the lady in Shape of Water. Another, and I mean, he's in every gear. He's what's his name? Uh, <laughs> he's Hector Elizondo. He's uh, Guillermo del Toro's Hector Elizondo because <laughs> I think he's in every one of his movies, but we'll ask him. Uh, and then, of course, he's that scary creature with the eyeballs on it. Oh, yeah. In Pan's Labyrinth, that like one of the scariest creatures ever put on film, I think. Absolutely. And mostly scary because I worry for the safety of the, you know, of someone who would have eyes in their hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Just every time like, you go to open a doorknob or something, you're poking yourself in the eye. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not think of that. And that would be an interesting to thought in the middle of that film to start wandering off about, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. It's, um, We'll talk to Doug about it, but that guy's, <laughs> that guy's movies really, um, they really get under my skin, which is, you know, what they're supposed to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, did you like look up his IMDb? Is there anything? Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's, is there anything it's, you're extra excited about talking to him about? Those in particular, everything you just named and yeah, the Pan's Labyrinth, that, 
the pale man uh still to this day like haunts my my dreams uh so i'm it's gonna be a nice like i finally almost therapeutic you know i get to talk to the man behind that character and oh, I've I, spoken to him, and it doesn't make it easier to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Doug, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt. Our guest is here. Oh, awesome. Let's Great. do this. <laughs> Hello, this is the wide world of Doug. So many Dougs, so little time. Today is <laughs> August 8th, 2020. And Doug Jones is here. Hello, Doug. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I should clarify which Doug Jones I am. <laughs> because there are quite a few of us out there. Well, um, it, is, uh, it is a fairly generic name, but there's nobody else with the, the credits you have. We talked you up in the uh, intro, and uh, so people know that you're a uh, versatile, so <laughs> talented actor who has gone through some... I mean, let's, let's just get right, right into that question. Are you just like totally uh, like zen when you're getting prosthetic, complicated prosthetic makeup and costumes... Like, are you just so good at sitting there and having that done? Or are you, are you going a little crazy like <laughs> anybody does? Well, I, I would never boast and say I'm good at anything, but I, I but, but uh, very Doug like quality. Because <laughs> uh, we're not, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I would say, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I sit quietly and stare out a window really well, even when I'm on my own. I'm just a boy. I'm, I'm a rather dull person. So when you tell me to be, to be quiet and sh shut up and sit still while people do things uh, to me, I, that's, that, that's the easiest thing I can do. That's the easiest part of my day. But, you know, people, uh, people often ask about the makeup as though that must be just horrible, like hours and hours. I'm like, nope, best hours of my day. I have, nothing's required of me. I stand, I sit, I, I maybe move my elbow so they can get under my arm, whatever. You know, wow. but it's, it's participatory. <laughs> you have, you, you, you enjoy all your meals through a straw. Right, right. right. <laughs> Depending on the makeup, it's all different, right? If there's a big buildup on your face that you can't get to your, to your teeth, well then yes, you'll, you'll be doing a straw all day. Right. What, what about the itching though? That, is that uh, a real well, thing? Yeah. Uh, it, that's more psychosomatic really. Yes. The things will bug, but so you can just put, I, I just do the pressure thing, just like push on it and, and then will it away. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the other one that's really weird that you must never get used to because you've played so many, uh, you know, interesting, uh, bizarre characters. Mm -hmm. The, the old, you, you just never get used to walking by a mirror. Do you? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Depending on how long the production goes. Yeah. But when you, first of all, you, you, in a makeup trailer, you're usually watching the process being built on you in a mirror. Yeah. So you see, so you see it one piece at a time. Sure. You see, you see the whole build, but, uh, but there are times when I've fallen asleep in my trailer at lunchtime mm -hmm. and, and then I'll wake up with a rap on the door. Like, Hey, it's time. We're back from lunch. You're like, ah, ah, what am I doing? Who's <laughs> Right, right. What's this on my face? Ah! Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah. You look in the mirror. You're like, I'm a fish today. <laughs> I mean, I thought I, I thought this was Alien Day. Never mind. <laughs> like, is there a, is there a type of creature or character 
that you've done the most of? Because I, I, the, all the ones I've seen, they're all so different. Oh, well, well thank you. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I've 34 years, 35 years now racked up of playing creatures. Uh, there have been a couple of duplicates. Um, I played a kangaroo man-human hybrid twice, once Whoa. in tank, tank Girl and uh -huh. Warrior, Warriors of Virtue. Uh, I have played a, an insect uh, overgrown to massive size in two movies. One, Mimic. Uh, that was my first movie with Guillermo del Toro. And uh, also a, a, a Bug Buster, it was called. Bug Buster. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's worth looking up because it is just a campy, hilariously awful romp. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I have a hand-to-hand -hand fight with Randy Quaid in a cave. In, oh, as, while I'm wearing a big bug suit. So that's a, that's a story that you'll want to uh, look at. How uh, Randy Quaid was he at that time? <laughs> right, right, no, right. Like, like not the Randy Quaid of today. Can I tell you the Randy Quaid story real quick? This is of a good course. one. Of course. Oh, yeah. Okay, this, my, one of, one of my, this will be in my autobiography. Uh, so I'm, I'm in this, I'm, I'm a six foot something a cockroach looking bug thing. That means our legs are coming out of the side of my body. I've got six legs. I've got a stinger coming out of my ass. I've got wings. I've got, you know, this bug head that's way above my own. And my, my own face is stuck in the neck of this bug. So there's netting over my face and little furry things come out. I can't, I can barely see. My front arms have six foot long pinchers on them, fiberglass blades that are pinchers. Now, uh, in this part of this uh, the story, Randy Quaid is a is like a, a, a crazy Coke bottle glass glasses wearing general who's been brought in from he's out of retirement to help this town uh, overcome its bug infestation problem because these killer bugs are like the town people are dying. Well, he's like, yeah, okay, let's kick some bug ass. So th this leads him to a cave outside the town, and uh, and it, it ends up being just him going into this cave like with weapons all over him uh, to take on whatever he finds. Well, that's where he finds me, the mother bug. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, they're guiding, I'm guarding my pile of eggs, as you do. And uh, so he, he's like, ah, yeah, you get... And so he starts, he guns me down. And I, I don't take, uh, bullets don't, don't harm me. So then he pulls out a, a flamethrower. <laughs> I don't burn. He throws up, he pulls out a CO2 gun to like freeze me. <laughs> I don't freeze. So he throws all of his weapons down and then it gets weird. <laughs> he, put, he puts up his fists and he says, okay, you and me, mano y mano. So... I think that was a precursor as to the Randy Quaid that we see today in on right. Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> He's still in that cave, right? But so so. But anyway, this this hand to hand fight went a little amuck. Before as we choreographed it out, I'm talking to him through the netting of my neck. I can barely see him. Randy, uh, hey, listen, I can't see very well, and the the blade, the pincher blades on this. My arms, I, I don't know how sharp they are. Don't worry, Doug, buddy. I'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be great. Just do what you got to do. All right. So action, and we go through the first take of this fight scene, and it's a handheld camera following us through the entire choreography. So we're bouncing off cave walls, rolling around on the ground, getting back up. Da -da -da. All right. We end up with him on his back on the ground and me on top of him. And cut. Well, I had to get pulled off by a couple people and put onto my special bug chair because I, with my stinger coming out of my ass, I couldn't sit in a real, real chair. So I'm, I'm on this bicycle seat leaning forward going, <laughs> and 
I, and I asked uh, one of the assistant people that, that helped me, can, can you go check on Randy? I, I didn't see him get up. <laughs> And so, so they, they is this young lady goes over and says, and then I hear Randy's voice from across the cave. Doc, Doc buddy, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Do what you got to do. I'm all good for nothing. Let's go. All right. I guess he's fine. The next voice I heard was a young production assistant, a young fella, and he's about 20. <laughs> um, can I get some ice over here? I can't stop the bleeding. Oh, God. <laughs> so apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently I had gashed Randy Quaid's forearms, both of them, and he was bleeding out. So, so, had, oh. so bless his heart, they pressure bandaged him, he taped up, and he went, he went back in for take two. He, uh, he, no, fine, he's great, all good. So I, that was the day that I almost killed Randy Quaid. Not how I, want, <laughs> not how I wanted to be remembered. <laughs> I'll just put on pressure bandages sometimes because they relax me. Right. <laughs> exactly. I got to say, I love that you did all the voices and sound effects for that story. Oh. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to your autobiography on tape. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think so, we should substitute all the bugs for Dugs and just make the bug, Doug Master movie. You know, let's put that oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe we could get, uh, oh, Doug McClure's dead. Uh, what about Doug? Uh, Doug Bradley, he's an actor that played Pinhead in the in the Hellraiser Ooh. movies. Wait, what? Pinhead is a Doug? What? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, a, a British actor named Doug Bradley. We we we're familiar with each other. Wow. <laughs> are you are you rivals? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't I don't care. Take the job. I don't care. <laughs> you don't. You're not, you're not worried about that when Bug Bradley's in town. Right. <laughs> That's his mom's name, Bug Bug Bradley. I just never. I've always been like the thing that here's. I'm gonna confess something. Both the the pinhead character in Hellraiser mm -hmm. and um, the character you play in Pan's Labyrinth with the eyes on his hands. The pale man, yes. The yeah. pale man. Both of those characters. What's scariest to me about them is that I worry for their well-being. Oh. <laughs> uh, Doug, do you want to talk about this? I do because. I just worry that, like, if you're if you have eyes in your hands, they're go you're going to accidentally poke yourself in the eye, no, doing almost a lot. anything. <laughs> right, right, yeah. A simple high five could be that's oh. blindness. Right. It could be brutal. Where, you know, where's my contact? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yes. Yeah, somebody put you know since since the pandemic broke out, somebody put a meme up of the pale man uh, with my eyeballs in a in a jar next to the sink while I'm washing my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh yeah. How you mentioned contacts? How would you even wear glasses? How would that even work? There's so many questions. Yeah, right. It goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah, the maybe, man just has to live with his vision problems. <laughs> well, thank, thank heaven for laser surgery, right? But man, it's so so easy to find out if there's something uh, you know underneath the bed when you're a pale man. I <laughs> <laughs> just drape your arm over. Oh yeah, good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> um, how long did uh, did pale man take to get into? Yeah, that's a long one. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, an average makeup transformation with prosthetics and paints is going to take you anywhere from, three, you know, three, four hours is about an average. Uh, the pale man was six hours a day. Um, wow. 
And that yeah, was a lot. When you say when you say a day, it means you're in the chair at like three in the morning. Oh yeah, before everybody else gets there for sure. I'm the first one in, last one out. Uh huh. And uh, and the, I was also the fawn in that movie, uh, El Fauno. Right. Yeah. And he was a five hour makeup application, but also with uh, there's suits and there's makeups, right? Now a suit you slip into, zip up the back, a makeup is glued onto you or painted on you, right? So uh, some of the a lot of these are combinations of some suits, some makeup. So the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth and the, uh, the fish man from Shape of Water. Oh, that's another one. I, I played two fish men. Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> to call, call back on the, I was Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies and I was the amphibian man in Shape of Water. Uh, and, and, and to clarify, there, there you go. Uh, Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies was a seven hour makeup application every Ooh. day from head, to, from head to toe with 12 prosthetic pieces that were glued on and blended into my own skin and then paints uh, connected everything. Uh, that took a long, long time. Three, three makeup artists, seven hours a day. The Amphibian Man from Shape of Water was only three hours a day because most of it was a slip-on suit uh, uh-huh. with, with glued on and then some mechanics built in. And you know, there, there was some construction to do every day with it. But the, the pre-sculpture, pre-painting process, uh, that takes months ahead of time. So that, that's, thankfully, I don't have to stand there for that. Right. I like only three hours. Like that's nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. If you're putting on eyelashes for that long, that would be a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. If, if you're sitting there for seven hours before anyone else is on set, are you yeah. just exhausted by the time you, you well, know, start doing lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you feel like you've put in a full uh, day of work already. Right. And, and now it's like when everyone else, should, you should be clocking out and going home. It's like, yep, yeah, let's get started. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's really, uh, and but also so, when you're in a particularly scary uh, makeup, it must just trip everybody out on set all day. Oh, like yeah. Being regular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and at the beginning of my career, you know, the, the creepier, like, ah, characters with fangs and claws that I played, it's kind of fun to creep around a corner and go, ah, and make some, <laughs> and make the craft service person jump out of their skin and throw buns. But, um, uh, but the, the older I get and the long more I've done this, it's like it, that, that, that kind of, it poor, <laughs> I just, I just want to get out of it and go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what people don't, I don't think people realize is that, you know, if it's really, really good makeup effects and prosthetics that uh, it's not mission impossible where you just rip it off in one piece. No, right. Exactly. <laughs> that was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I laugh out loud when I saw Tom Cruise just grab one side of a face like that, and just go rip and hot while he's on the run. Please, yeah. <laughs> and he's usually like in in, in Mission Impossible Three. He's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman at one point, so he's also gained a tremendous amount, yeah, amount of weight. Exactly. <laughs> he just said, "Yeah, unzip that real quick." Uh, no, my makeup and makeup removals. Uh, that's that's uh, all a part of the process. Uh, so to get out of an Abe Sapien or to get to get out of the Pale Man or the Fawn characters that we were just talking about, that takes two hours a day. So you're, when everyone else is wrapped, go home, good night, we'll see you tomorrow. I have two hours left. Yeah, oh. and that stuff, if you, if you don't take it off carefully, it just destroys your skin. Exactly, and you've got to get back into it the next day. So they, they take extra steps to make sure that I'm, I'm all taken care of and uh, carefully uh, removed and then moisturized and yada yada. It's a, it's a yeah. process. That, that's the other thing is Tom Cruise doesn't scream in pain when he pulls the mask off. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because if it was on good enough to fool everybody, it was glued on really good. Really. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. So you can't just rip that off from one side. Yeah. <laughs> Get the seam on the jawline and give it a tear. Yeah. 
Well, I'm really impressed by you, Doug, because, you know, Jim Carrey claims to have PTSD from playing the Grinch. Well, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that story. <laughs> I, I, I still scratch my head over that. It seems like, a you know, at least from the neck down, it doesn't seem that uncomfortable. Yeah, no. And, and I've, you know, with the prosthetics, yes, he was glued in. He had contact. The contact lenses is, is uh, that's probably one of the worst parts is, is when you've oh. got a big scler, uh, what they call scleral lenses. That's, that's the, the lenses that are big enough to cover the whites of your eyes. Right. When they put those in, uh, you feel them every blink. You ne you're never not aware that you have those in your eyes all day. So uh, between that and being glued into a makeup that, that you know, clogs your nose and maybe uh, hampers what you can do with your mouth and all that. Uh, yeah. I, and, and you can't, you, no, nobody can, can gauge when claustrophobia will set in, when you'll have a freak out. That, that just, oh, <laughs> nature just God. says, it's time for you, you know, yeah, you're freaking out now and you can't control it. So I don't want to, I don't want to poo-poo Jim Carrey on that. Uh, yeah. But, but, uh, but I, I just, th thankfully that's never been my issue. And are, are you, do you think, are you technically Guillermo del Toro's Hector Elizondo? Have you been in any <laughs> one of his films? Hector Elizondo. Wait, wait, which? <laughs> it was like from Pretty Woman. And yeah, he's in every Gary Marshall movie. Gary Marshall, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, or, John, or Johnny Depp to Tim Burton or... Uh, yeah, but Tim uh, Burton well, makes yeah. fun without Johnny every once in a while. <laughs> right, right, which Guillermo, which Guillermo does with me as well, yeah. Okay, uh, Johnny uh, fact, passed on Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> well, uh, right now, uh, yeah, Del, Guillermo del Toro is working on a movie right now called Nightmare Alley, and I'm not in that, and I was not in Pacific Rim. So, there, yeah, I, I take a breather here and there. It's, he, the thing is, if he doesn't have any creatures in the movie, he normally does have creatures, uh, but some, but in Pacific Rim, they were all like you know the size of buildings, and they were oh. CG mostly. So if it's not, uh, if there's nothing for me specifically as a creature, then he doesn't really think of me. He does not think of me as a human. So all of his, <laughs> all of his human character, I, I, which I, 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 other directors have. I don't know why he can't think of me that way. <laughs> Bless his heart. And but, is he? Uh, but the cre <laughs> is he uh, as fun on set as he is whenever he shows up somewhere and talks? Yes. If, if, you, yeah, if you've ever seen behind-the-scenes videos, interviews oh. with him, live, live Q&As, he is every bit as charming in real life. Just oh, That's who he is. And, and he, I've, no, I've known the man for over 20 years now. We met in 1997 on Mimic. He has not changed at all. He's still the exact same person. He's kept his... His, uh, his ethics and morals in place. He's a, he's a really stand-up guy. And he's kept his sense of humor in place. That's the most important part. We laugh on set all the time. Uh, and he makes, he's very self-effacing, makes fun of himself as long as the day is. I, I know that he is very funny, but you know, when I think of the pale man and so many other creatures, uh, funny just seems to be a strange word. Right? No, right. But, but you, I, you know, you find when you work in the world of horror and when you do lots of dark projects and play lots of imposing figures, uh, the people, the other actors that I know who have played, you know, creepy ah, monsters uh, are, are the sweetest, funniest people you'll ever talk to. It's the comedians out there, Doug Benson, who can be, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I've never had, a, I've never had a, a personality issue or, uh, you know, I've never, never met a prick who plays monsters. Wow. That's good. That's, I feel like I, you know, hopefully I've like, uh, you know, I have a foot in both worlds because I did get to play, I have played a few zombies. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
So I have been through the process. Like I've had the whole face cast, which like a lot of people Get that. Uh, would be very, very intimidated by that process. Yeah, I, I find I find it relaxing when they're doing the head and head and shoulders cast on you, and you, yeah, I find yeah, it like it's, it's, it's like a spa day. Holes. You just have two nose holes, and that's it. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> so. um, well, let's go back to the uh, you know, let's get into the dugness of it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your parents. <laughs> Uh, did they give you ever, ever give you a reason for, uh, naming your dog? They just liked the name. Yeah. But I, I was number four. My, I have three older brothers and, uh, you know, my oldest brother was named after, after my dad. He was, he was Robert the third. My, uh, next brother, Thomas was named after my mom's brother. Richard was named after a, uh, uh, after, a, I, I think, a, a, another brother that, of, of one of my parents that passed away. And then by the time they got to me, it's like, no, Douglas. Yeah, let's go with that <laughs> for no other reason. <laughs> I like that it's RJ, TJ, DJ. Like they all are good initials. <laughs> yeah, all, all good initials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and then Doug. Right, but I I, I I tend to go by Dougie in my real life, like with friends and family. Oh, that's adorable. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, well, it's especially adorable now that I turned sixty for crying out loud. <laughs> hey, Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> and a man that's played so many monsters and goes by Dougie. That's amazing. Right, right, I know. I know. Aren't I precious? Do you, like we've talked a lot on the podcast about how the name Doug, you know, or Dougie uh, is often not taken very seriously. So do you think you've maybe jumped into this monster world to maybe <laughs> <laughs> fuck that notion? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I didn't. I, I didn't personally. I didn't actually take initiative to jump into the monster world. The monster world kind of found me. You know, when you land in Hollywood in 1984, 85, and you are tall, six three, 140 pounds, and you have a background as a mime, the creature effects guys are like, "Oh my god, she's great!" And they want to <laughs> they want to build stuff on that. So I, were they creature effects guys or were they creatures who do creature effects? perfect. But I don't the quick way with the Dugs, Dugs. Ah, wait. So, but can I can I talk can I talk about uh, the confusion a couple of years ago? The cutting two years ago there was there were there were three Doug Jones Doug uh, Doug Jones's issues. Uh, and I think even Us Magazine did a a profile on the on the Doug Jones confusion of that year. Oh uh, it, it was the year that that uh, Shape of Water was going through the awards season, and it was up for thirteen Oscar nominations. So my name was in the press quite a bit. Uh, and Doug Jones, the Alabama senator, I think right. he, he had just finished his big race to get into the Senate, and then also Dougie Jones from Twin Peaks, the character that Kyle MacLachlan played. Oh, right. uh, well, Dougie on Twin Peaks? Yeah, yes. I yeah. thought it was just guy who wants to eat some pie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think I think Kyle McLaughlin. It was it was an, uh, I was a, another personality that took over him for a while, named Dougie Jones. So, uh, so I actually met Kyle at a at a a pre Oscar party that say that very year, and I went up to Kyle. I said, "Hi, Kyle. I'm Doug Jones." <gasps> Yes, you are. I've been wanting to reach out to you. Oh my gosh. Right. So, and then, and then Doug Jones, Alabama Senator and I get confused on Twitter all, all oh the time. I, I get hate mail. I get praise <laughs> mail for all of my political decisions. And, <laughs> and, and he's been told how wonderful he was in Hocus Pocus. 
<laughs> hey, Billy Butcherson. <laughs> right, he was right. good, though. He was very good. Yeah, yeah, but oh, but but you were talking about the Dougie Doug. Uh, there's also that that I have also been flippantly called by by people. Hey, Dougie Doug, or Hey, Dougie Fresh. Right. I get the, I get those all the time. Yeah. Do you, do you too, Doug? Yeah, all, people, yeah, all of us. People yeah. love that. And Dougie Doug was our our very first guest on this show. Oh, look. Uh, you know, because well, that, you, that, that's just two, that's two for one. That you got a lot of bang for your Doug buck. Yeah. <laughs> right. we, got, we got all the Doug we could handle on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How crazy is it that you were in a movie uh, early on in your career called Lady in the Water? <laughs> right. <laughs> before before I was the gentleman in the water. <laughs> right. That was my that was my one M Night Shyamalan movie, uh, and I I just I played a. I was a tartutic in that. We were the, the tree, the tree monkey sort of guys made out of branches and another hybrid of tree uh, ape sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were the we were the one creature that could kill the grass wolf creature in it. So that's a long story. If you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> this is another podcast. A uh, hundred and sixty six acting credits. Uh, well, says IMDb. Yeah. Uh, according to them, do you, you think there's more or? Oh, there's a couple more. They, you know, yeah. from back back from the '80s, they didn't get. I'm sure, but I. I like initially, you probably played characters in things that didn't necessarily have a credit. My, that's very, very possible. Yeah. Yeah, because the first thing they say that you played a character in called Tim is called the Newly Deads. In the Newly Deads, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh dear, that was a that was a straight to VHS movie. Oh, so remember you, those? Remember those? Yeah. Wow. The newly deads. Uh, there was a a, a zombie. Uh, well, no, a a, a tra- uh, They were calling them transvestites back in the day. A transvestite checked into a hotel and murdered uh, the or the proprietor murdered uh, uh, him or her, and so that that transvestite comes back as a zombie and goes on a killing spree twenty years later, uh, and it, it's like a honeymoon resort. So I'm the first. Uh, I'm the first young newlywed. Uh, to be murdered in the newly deads <laughs> by a transvestite zombie. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's another one. I mean, that one's probably too many to count. How many times you've been uh, undead or a ghost? Oh, oh, the, the, oh, how many times I've been killed. <laughs> I've risen from the dead. Uh, yeah, ghosts, zombies, uh, uh, animated corpses, all of it, all of the countless. How does a, um, you know, let me put this delicately, but how does a gentleman like yourself, how do you, uh, how do you end up playing a dead Iraqi soldier in three? <laughs> <laughs> oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. Well, uh, yeah. So, well, okay. So those are three things I'm not dead Iraqi soldier. Uh, so it was, the movie was three Kings Yeah. and the, uh, uh, the, the, the issue was that I, it was, the creature effects shop that created the, the, the look of this desert, lying in the desert. If you, if you remember Three Kings, uh, Mark Wahlberg, George Clooney, uh, Ice, fantastic. Ice Cube, and Spike Jones uh, are uh, all walking. They're, they're, they're military guys, and they're on some kind of a mission, I forget, in the Middle East. Yeah, uh, they, find, they find out there's some gold, and they, want, they think that's they it. steal it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So they're, they're, they've, they're, they're looking at the after effects of an explosion that went off in the desert and there's a bunch of dead soldiers lying around. So they, they, uh, I think Mark Wahlberg actually tripped over my leg and I'm lying there in the sand. 
Well, originally the idea was just to get make a silicone dummy to lie there to, to lie there and have that, and that was going to cost them twenty thousand dollars to make that. Well, oh Doug, jo- Doug Jones was cheaper for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Creature Effects team, at Alterian Studios, they had already worked with me. Uh, they were they, they did my Billy Butcherson makeup on Hocus Pocus and many other projects. So uh, they were like they already had a mold of my face. My and it, let's just let's just create. Uh, a look on him that's like a burned up soldier that they can, we can, through. and so there I was, I got on a plane and I flew to some desert somewhere in New Mexico or, or EI, maybe El Centro, California. And we, uh, I laid in the, de- in the desert sand for three days and, uh, you know, Hey, a gig's a gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, uh, you know, fully credited gig, I guess. Right. Well, I, I was, it was <laughs> well, you clearly I, didn't have any lines. <laughs> No, of course not. And, and I'm honestly, when you watch the movie, I'm on screen for a, an actual second, 1001 and we're done. Wow. Yeah. That's, you know, that David O. Russell, he was like, you know, he had some issues with a couple of his movies with viral videos of him not getting along with actors. Oh, I, I was there for it. Yeah. I, I heard, I heard screaming one day and I didn't, I didn't ask questions. It was, but it was Clooney. Uh, I think it was between, I think that day was between Clooney and, 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 uh, David. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess he famously didn't get along with him, but there's no footage of that. No, nah, no. Um, but he does that, you know, he has plenty of actors that, that seem to love him and work with him over and over again. So, uh, you know, just gotta, yeah. just gotta keep trying, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, he, he, he made a good product. So I, I, I would work with him. I'd work with him again, but okay. I, 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 I out there that, Hey, David O'Russell. <laughs> right. But you know, I can't, I say work with him again. Can I really say I worked with him if I laid in the sand with my eyes closed? Really? <laughs> yeah. I took <laughs> his direct. Yeah. I was so directable. <laughs> you, you, worked, you worked with him in the sense that you were willing, you did what he, he needed you to do. There you go. Okay. Right. Thank you. Doug. <laughs> But then right after Three Kings is one of my favorite things you've ever done because you were one of the uh, gentlemen in the episode Hush of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, now there's a show and a fan following that has never gone away. Uh, Those Buffy fans are extremely loyal. And, and, you know, I I was just on the one episode. I I was the the leader of the gentleman on the Hush episode. And I, I have been on the, the cover of Buffy magazine. I've been featured in that magazine several times. I, there have been action figures of me, both in three inch, six inch, and 12 inch size uh, of the gentleman. <laughs> you know, I, I, for a guest star role, you, just, you would never guess, I never could have foreseen that kind of, uh, of long lasting shelf life yeah. of that character. Yeah. And it's, such this, a, it's such a special episode of that show. Like, yeah. So well, inspiring in all cylinders at the time, and then oh, the, totally, totally. And uh, John, John, uh, Joss Whedon himself uh, wrote oh, that. Right. He wrote that episode and directed it. So often, show creators, you know, oversee things, but he really got his, his hands dirty with that one because he really it was a passion project for him that that episode. And the, the network at the time told him, you know, uh, ooh, what a gamble! Uh, you can't because I took everyone's voice away from the town, and we did over half the episode in complete silence. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're thinking, well, if you take sound away, you were going to lose viewers. And it was quite the opposite. You know, when you take dialogue, verbal dialogue away and you have to watch the visuals, people lean into their TVs and pay way closer attention. <laughs> so right. they were, it yeah. was too- and I think A Quiet Place, the John Krasinski movie is a, yes. is a ripoff of that episode of Buffy. <laughs> 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 um, 
And and that and the thing about that uh, that episode that was crazy to me is that you were clearly all riding around on hoverboards and they weren't even invented yet. <laughs> right, right. No, do you know? Yeah, right. We, we were floating about six inches off the ground, and and uh, and it, that does baffle people. How did you guys do that? Well, uh, if you saw us full body. Uh, floating down like a sidewalk or down a hallway. Uh, we were in hip harnesses with wires going up past our shoulders to a T-bar on a track that was going down. Wow. <laughs> Somebody was pulling us along. Uh, uh, if you saw us from, from the chest up, like just in a close-up shot floating down, down uh, into the room, uh, that we were standing on a, on a platform with wheels on it, and some poor PA had to go, and push us around. Which was quite, it was a balancing act. I love the sound effects. How, how fun was that, you know, fake hoverboarding around? Was that fun or was that fake? Oh, no, it was great fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it was also uh, the, the hanging from the hip harnesses, that was, you're safe. You, 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 it's, like, it's like zip lining, right? So totally great. Uh, it was the, but the boards, there was no way to strap us to the boards. So we were just balancing. It's like it was like surfing, right? Or, or just skateboarding. So, uh, and we're at the mercy of someone else's stop and start technique. So we had to really work in concert with each other, like, ah, and, you know, so, <laughs> so when, when, when we float into the room to, into that, uh, the dorm room of that college campus and rip that poor kid's heart out uh, surgically, you know, floating into the room and, and, and we split the, I had my, my, uh, my gentleman partner with me and the two of us split and, and, and went to both sides of his bed. So there was some, there was angles and directions to go and all on wheels. And, and both of us had our own, our own navigation people on the floor trying to work it. It was, it was quite an operation. Yeah. But it, uh, it was, it, it got uh, pulled off cause it's a very effective, very effective episode. We have to go to a quick commercial break. Uh, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you about a character named pencil head. Yeah, you are. <laughs> we'll be right back. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We're back. And I thank everybody for uh, staying through the ads. I know I gave a tremendous tease to get you to stick yeah. around. Yeah, of all the parts I played, this is the one to talk about, folks. <laughs> it's so funny to me that I, I really like all in the movie Mystery Men. There's a lot of wacky, uh, a lot of wacky superheroes because they have like a superhero audition sequence. Right, and, uh, right, right. So you're pencil head, but uh, my question is, <laughs> I mean, obviously everyone can imagine what pencil head would look like. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but right. what? But what is? What would Pencilhead do in a in a situation to save the day? <laughs> well, uh, uh, okay. So, so <laughs> the story behind this, right? Uh, uh, 
backyard barbecue party uh, loser superhero team is auditioning all the neighbors to, to, for, for, uh, to make an addition to their superhero team. So everybody's coming up with like, it's basically a big cosplaying party with people saying, I'm so-and-so and here's my powers at an audition table. Well, uh, what was scripted for me was I'm pencil head and then I have a kid with me who steps out from behind me dressed the exact same way saying, uh, and I'm son of pencil head. And <laughs> Our director, our director was Kinka Usher, and Kinka Usher was more known for uh, tons of, t- of TV commercial directing he had done. Uh-huh. And I had appeared in four of his TV commercials before this. That's why he knew me, and that's why he just kind of gave me a call. Like, would you want to come be a pencil head? Heck yeah! So, <laughs> uh, so he encouraged. Um, uh, oh, good! I've got a leaf blower out my window. Sorry. I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. <laughs> uh, so that maybe we're morphing into one of your monsters. Right, right. <laughs> it's happening. I can't stop it no matter what, even if I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Let me shut the window real quick, yeah? Hang on. Okay. Just glide over to the window and shut <laughs> I'm trying to tell my pencil head story. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you, you, you can edit this, right? Oh, no, we will. that was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm glad it's not a video call. You would have seen me stand up with my underwear. Uh, <laughs> the only way to Zoom. <laughs> where, 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 oh, pencil head. Uh, 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 yes, so Kinka Usher um, encouraged uh, ad-lib going off script. So uh, he wanted us to add whatever we, whatever we wanted to. So what, what I added that did stay in the movie was, we erase crime. Uh, so pencil head erasers get it and, uh, and so that stayed that stayed in but, but what what great fun though that uh gosh who else uh, you could also say that you rub out crime oh right 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 uh, perfect see had i had i had you there uh, you, you know now, now, do you know who was in, in line right before me was wa- the waffler played by dan uh, cook right yeah. yeah the waffler yeah <laughs> and He'll turn anything into a waffle. <laughs> right. <laughs> How much, uh, was that like nine hours in the makeup chair with the pencil head? No, gosh. <laughs> right, I, right. I was wearing like a, a yellow uh, a sort of like coveralls, right? Uh, the, the cover of, of like a number two pencil. And then I had a, a, a homemade cardboard thing around my head that looked kind of like an eraser head. And a bunch of pencils stuffed in my... Oh, a little tidbit on that, too. If you watch that little scene in Mystery Men again, you'll see there's two initials on my on my breast. Uh, the wardrobe department did a, did a, a faux, did a faux pas. They did... Uh, they put... I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but it's already been pointed out many times and like, this didn't match. I, my name in the script was Pencil Head. The wardrobe department put a PM on my chest. So that they thought it was Pencil Man. So that stayed in the movie. (laughs) You know, that's what happens. The wardrobe department really determines what what characters are called. (laughs) Um, I just have one more movie question for you because this has got to feel weird for you that you played a thin infected man in a movie called Quarantine 10 years ago. Well, now, now, okay, now let's, 
<laughs> let's let's review. I uh, remember on, on Three Kings, I was dead Iraqi soldier. Three things I'm not. Uh, <laughs> here we have three things that I am. <laughs> A thin, infected man. Uh, but uh, yeah, quarantine, boy, that was, uh, again, uh, makeup artist Rob Hall uh, got a hold of me to play. This is a remake of, of a Spanish language movie called Rec, R-E-C, uh, mm-hmm. where it was like basically the record button. Uh, so it's in one of those handheld reality found footage kind of movies. Um, and uh, the, uh, it was a TV station doing a ride along with the fire department. They get a distress call at a building and where there's been some kind of a rabies outbreak, where people are eating each other, let's go investigate. So they send a, a, you know, a pretty young reporter, Karen, uh, uh, Jennifer Carpenter, uh, to cover the story, as you would do. So uh, they get into the building and while they're in there, the government shuts the building down, like uh, helicopters surrounding the spotlights and they're shooting anybody who tries to get out of the building. Not much different from what we're doing, living through today. <laughs> uh, and uh, so anyway, by the time they get through the building and, and you know, people are eating each other and dying, everyone's dying off. Uh, uh, Jennifer Carpenter and her cameraman make it to the very end of the film, of course. Uh, and they make it to the top floor of the building where this one guy's been living for many years that no one's really seen come or go. He's just... Uh, uh, they don't know much about him. They get into his apartment, and of course, that's the, he was the epicenter of the problem. Uh, he's the, the one who uh, developed this strain of rabies that was, gonna, that was fast acting and, uh, and fast mutating. So, uh, he, and he was his first test subject. So here I am, here I am playing that role, a tall, skinny, aged, decrepit guy uh, with sores all over him and saggy skin, and uh, like I, who's walking around w- with rabies. So they had to give me like a, an inflated sort of like a, a, a swollen forehead and long gray hair and bad teeth and saggy jowls, saggy pectorals, a saggy gut. This is a lot of glued on prosthetics. Now, people ask often, now, what's the longest makeup you've ever had? Well, this was it. Uh, the makeup test for this day, we did, we did a makeup test the day before I filmed my scene. Uh, it was 11 hours. Oh 11 hours. But then again, you're talking about all I was wearing. Yeah. When you walk into your trailer for the day and you see your wardrobe hanging in your closet, it was a gross old pea stained pair of white briefs. Oh. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you know the makeup's going to take a long time because uh. they're, they're covering all the rest of you. Uh, so, so there were, there were, and they gave me pointier shoulders than I have. They, they glued a lot of the little pieces on and had to blend the edges in and, uh, and do a paint job. Now, I recently, if you're following along at home, folks, uh, if you go to my Instagram page, that would be uh, at actor Doug Jones across all the social medias. But, uh, but one of the most recent pictures I put up was a photo from quarantine. So you can get a, get a look at that makeup up close. Wow. Uh, the movie itself came out in, uh, I think they, they were filming in, by the time they got to that scene, especially, they were filming in uh, uh, night vision. So, so I was kind of all green and white, right? Uh, but so, so the, the picture on Instagram shows you what, what a beautiful makeup job they did before that effect was added in. Very cool. Yeah. Between that and being a part of the strain, did you feel... I know, right? Like so vir- prepared for this pandemic. <laughs> Viruses are us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now in the strain, the strain, I uh, I was a an ancient vampire. I, uh, so I was uh, I I wasn't a human who turned. Uh, I was I was one of the originals. Yeah, 
in that. Uh, so I did six episodes as that, and uh, great fun. And another Del Toro job, by the way. He, he Are you a uh, vampire in What We Do in the Shadows? On oh gosh, can we talk about what we do in the shadows? <laughs> I mean, people are saying that like it, the show just keeps getting better and better. I still. Uh catch up i'm still back in the first season so bingeable so bingeable i uh, i love this show so much well you saw the, did you see the movie by the way the, the original oh movie? yeah yeah okay. huge fan yeah. of the movie right and, you know now i want to watch all the series but i just you know right well i i had missed the original film myself until a friend of mine said have you seen what we do in the shadows i haven't even heard of it now oh my gosh you got to come over so i went over a night of <laughs> a night of popcorn and and and, and burgers and and what and laughing my ass off at that hilarious yeah. genius movie so, uh, so then when I, I, saw, I got a call from manager Bruce uh, at Omnipop uh, saying, um, hey, uh, uh, the, what we do in the shadows being made into a TV series, they want you for a guest role in the pilot. Are you, what? So, of course, I jumped at it uh, to play the uh, Baron, Baron Afanas. Uh, it, it's, it's spelled A-F-A, uh, like Afanas, but I think, <laughs> is that like, <laughs> like half an ass or, <laughs> or Afanas? But, uh, uh, yeah, no, so I, I was supposed to just be in the pilot um, just to, to wake up. I, I, the Baron had come from the old country to check on these doofuses that have had, were supposed to take over North America. And they have failed miserably at doing so, as you'll watch the series. Um, so he's come to check on their work. And uh, so he's up. He's, he's arrived in his coffin. He's up in the attic of the house they live in. And they, they come up. He, he wants to have audience with them now. So it's this grand entrance I give, and I'm stark naked with no genitalia. So I think, again, <laughs> another, another six-hour makeup job from head to toe. <laughs> and uh, You're like, oh, no, Silver Surfer again? Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the little side story. Yeah, did you ever there – was, there was a clip. Somebody in the, cre- in the uh, CG department on the Silver Surfer movie did a sequence with the Silver Surfer with, with junk dangling. Oh my God. It was, I, I, somebody, it, it went viral around the internet back in 2007, I think. Uh, and I can't find it ever since, but it was, that, that wasn't you. And it was, it was just CGI'd out. That was, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's how I showed up on set and they just kind of had to fix it. <laughs> how did you train yourself to talk so much like Lawrence Fishburne for that role? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, unfortunately for me, they actually got Lawrence Fishburne. I, now I, uh, Lawrence, great, great actor, great actor. He's, uh, he's, uh, you know, of course you can't, you can't poo poo Morpheus now, can you? Not but, great. uh, no, he's, he's great. But yeah, I don't think any actor wants to see their work and their heart and soul of, that I poured into a, a role uh, be replaced. I just, you know, I, I don't want to see any part of my performance be replaced. But uh, so that, that was a, an unfortunate surprise. But um, we're all better now. We all made up. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you really talk to him about it? No, 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 not to him. I've never met uh, Lawrence myself, but the studio and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but what we do in the shadows, you were mentioning, uh, uh, I was supposed to just do the pilot and be done. And they were going to like send my coffin down a river and be done with me. Uh, and while we were filming, uh, one of the show creators, Jermaine Clement said, we, this has been going so well today. We're having such a great time with you. Would you, would you want to stick around? Oh my God. And I was about to go back into start season two of Star Trek discovery at the time. And, uh, I said, gosh, I would love nothing more, but I'm, I'm also committed to this series regular gig up in Toronto. And he's like, oh, God, no, no, we'll, we'll keep the door open for you. So they sure did. Uh, the two productions worked it out with each other. So 
uh, by episode six of season one, I, they, they wrote the, the Baron's Night Out, which was probably the funniest half hour of television I have ever been involved with, uh, where I wake up again from my slumber and, and I decide I want a night on the town. And I want these people, to, my, 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 my minions, to show me around this new world of theirs called Stanton Island. Staten Island, right? So, <laughs> so uh, uh, which I which I'm uh, which I'm led to believe is the is the epicenter of all that goes on in North America. So, <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, just a uh, uh, yeah, close, right, right. It was pretty yeah, accurate, yeah. That's so great fun. And then that was supposed to be the end of me, right? Uh, they were supposed to be done then. Well, then during the filming of that, Jermaine Clement said one one more time, ah, I just, I just. Ah. When they're putting when they're putting your charred body away, because I do, I, I uh, accidentally sunlight hits me, I, I char, I, I burn up and sizzle to the ground. While they're, while they're putting my carcass away for a final goodbye ceremony, uh, uh, some blood drips or some blood wine drips into my onto my face, and my eyes glow for just a minute before they close my, my coffin up. So that's like, oh, oh is he what? So, and that was on purpose so that they can bring me back again if the, the occasion should ever arise. I love uh, that. That's so oh cool. My God. Um, I definitely want to, I'm just going to jump right to Baron's Night Out. Just watch that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so how many, Doug Jones, how many Dougs would you say you've known in your life that have like actually been, you know, that you've been like friends with or business associates with? Oh wow! Yeah. Outside of Doug Bradley, I guess. Yeah, there's yeah. Doug Bradley. There's also another another actor who specializes in in creatures and monsters, Douglas Tate. Uh, and otherwise, what's his big? Uh, does he have a, a particular monster we'd know that you would know? Uh, I believe the. Sorry, is there is there like a Sasquatch and Slim Jim commercials? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, I believe that's him. And I and, and, and uh, right, and he was also in the oh well, I uh, uh, the the Hellboy reboot movie that I was not in uh, uh, that came out a uh, year year and a half ago. Yeah, two with years David ago. Harbor. With yeah. David Harbor. Who, yeah. Uh, Douglas Tate was. Hmm. And I forget the monster. I saw the movie, and now I can uh, can't remember. But he was one of the bad guy uh, nemesis monster side sidekicks in that. Oh God! I was, it was going to be so weird if you said he was the new Abe Sapien. No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> Abe only showed up at the end of the movie as a hand on a piece of glass, and uh, and then I think there was going to be more of him if they were to go on and do a sequel, but it did not uh, perform well. So, right. Why do you think? What do you think the idea was to reboot something so soon? Like the first Hellboy is yeah. perfectly. It's not like it doesn't hold up or anything. But yeah, right. and, we, and and we we were all we were all hoping for a Hellboy three to continue because yeah. Hellboy two Hellboy two left you hanging. Uh, sure. So we wanted to finish the the trilogy, of course. Guillermo del Toro always had a, th a third part in mind. Ron Perlman was was anxious to do a, a part three and finish up the story for all the fans. Um, but again, I I don't know if uh, I, I asked about the budget of the new Hellboy reboot, and it was about a third of the budget that we made Hellboy two for. Right. So that's probably your answer. Is that a part three for us would have been a big budgeted, you know, spectacle, and what they ended up greenlighting was something much cheaper. That's yeah. probably the, yeah. And now they can make now they can go oh uh, you know people just aren't that interested in Hellboy instead of right, no, right. not Hellboy <laughs> right 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 that's exactly so who knows all right well that'd be neat if uh, I, I think it'd be fun if to just if 
Guillermo just took it back again and made, yeah. made it one someday. Oh, I know, man. Well, someday. Well, uh, uh, another Doug, uh, by the way, uh, Doug Arniakowski. He's a he's a director who does a, tons of episodic television. He I met him. Doug Arniakowski directed. Uh, he directed me in my. I, I play. I played a, a, a DC Comics villain, Deathbolt, on an episode of Arrow. Green Arrow, yeah. And then I crossed over to The Flash. Uh, oh, wow. So and Doug Arniakowski bo- directed both of my episodes of that that show franchise, and uh, then he came over to uh, Star Trek Discovery and he's he's directed several episodes of Star Trek Discovery uh, in the meantime too. So we get along great. It seems like you only know, especially co- considering you know me and and Doug Mellard now. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you only know top notch Dougs. <laughs> oh, only the good ones, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, the, the older I get, the more I realize that this is not a young person's name anymore. Uh, yeah, have you noticed that at all? That like is that, is that what's not, happening? Are there no kids named Doug? These I days? think there's no kids named Doug. Exactly. Well, I, I, I'll tell you, I was at an El, El Pollo Loco. Here's the story. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, the kid, the teenager, ringing me up said, uh, "Oh, okay, uh, can I have a name? That's Doug." And I had to spell it D O U G. I can, have you done this with baristas, you guys? Doug, and you get the D U G or the D O U G H even. Right, yeah. yeah, they throw the dough in. Adding an H to and then turning it into dough. Yes, yeah. happens all the time. So, uh, uh, so uh, 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 this kid, I said, I said, Doug is just probably a name you don't don't recognize. He goes, No, my dad's name is Doug, and he gave oh me. Oh my a, god! Yeah, yeah, and he gave me a senior discount just because. <laughs> <laughs> Is his dad's name uh, spelled with an H there? No. <laughs> yeah. And boy, a local, he got it right. This kid got yeah. it right. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, it was, you seem like to be the only guest that knows a lot of Dougs. We haven't had, it's just not a very common name, but you no. actually know quite a few. Well, that's because I'm old. So I've, I've had time, I've had time to rack up a lot of Dougs. Yeah. yeah. It helps, but also like, do you recall having any friends or uh, knowing any other Dougs like when you were young, like in school? Cause yeah, I, I, was... I didn't know any in high school. No. And I did not know any other Dougs in high school. No. Yeah. And you were in uh, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Which should have been more of a, you know, very Midwestern average, you know, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's like kind of a, it, the name is special in its own way, just because it's, you know, people aren't using it as much. And then, you know, this standard thing we ask everybody is like, when you do hear somebody calling you Douglas, does it mean you're in trouble? It, it, it was for me, yes. Douglas Jones. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Right. But, but it, I was Douglas in, in grade school because that's what came off the roll call, you know, Douglas. So a lot of the kids are like, oh, Douglas. And, and it did, never really rang true because I, I seemed, seemed too formal for for the guy who wants to be called Dougie. Don't you think? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I found that teachers would just shorten it to Doug without even running it by. Uh, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like if you're named Douglas, people just call you Doug, you know, just very casually. Like if you really wanted to be called Douglas, you'd have to to be constantly asking people to call you that. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Right. right. But when I'm, thought- when I'm talking to somebody like uh, on the phone or something, uh, you know, like uh, trying to, you know, book a ticket or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, uh, or, or like, um, 
also like if you're like in a loud bar or something uh, doug is a hard name to um ah right no, it, it, it is and you, you know what else uh, if someone's going to not remember your name correctly if they're going to mix you with another name the most common mix-up i get is greg oh right yeah yeah and i have you you guys to get that too absolutely yeah yeah, it, which is weird because it, but but it makes sense. It's four letters, ends in G. I think I get the visual of it, but yeah, but but Doug, Greg, yeah. I, I mean <laughs> Don or Derek, I, I but Greg, right? <laughs> yeah, but, and then that of course is short for Gregory. Thank God we don't. The long for Doug isn't Doug. Duggery. <laughs> <laughs> Duggery. That sounds like the, like the big building where they make Dugs. Yeah, the Duggery. <laughs> well, about to go to the Duggery and get my right, yeah. I got to go pick it up another Doug at the Duggery. <laughs> um, that's, that's actually my full name. It's Duggery. Duggery. Uh, yeah. yeah. I actually kind of like that. What's, what's, what's the actor's name? Is it, is it Doug Ray? Oh. Isn't there a Doug Ray? Uh, yeah, uh, Doug Ray? Doug Ray Scott. That's it. Doug Ray Scott. Yes. Yeah. He was, um, he was going to be Wolverine and then couldn't do it for some reason. And then Hugh Jackman swooped in. Well, that was a, a twist of fate. Yeah, I, I right. made it up, but I'm pretty sure that happened. Wow. Yeah. Um, what about the, uh, have you ever run into uh, a guy named David Hoffman, the actor? He is currently portraying the part of Doug in Liberty Mutual commercials. <laughs> oh, no, I have not met him, no. <laughs> in those commercials, though, where they go the emu and Doug. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the whole punchline is that uh, the guy named Doug can build to a bird. Right, I know. <laughs> right. And, and the bird looks just like, like I did in high school, too. But I was called ostrich all the time in high school. Oh, even man. though I'm uh, an ostrich is kind of similar. He had long, long necks and kind of goofy faces. <laughs> yeah, so I, I you know, I'd love, we're, we're, we're just getting into talking to people who have played characters named Doug because. You know, speaking of that, George Clooney uh, was Doug on uh, ER. Oh, that's right. Ah, right. Probably the coolest Doug ever in terms of, uh, you know, fictional characters. Right. (laughs) Handsome, Um, doctor. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Douglas Adams was, of course, a great Doug, but we obviously can't talk to him. Right. Or Douglas Fairbanks. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Justin... Bartha played uh, a Doug in the Hangover movies. That's right. He's whole kidnapped and he's barely in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Doug, uh, you know, fashion. Yeah. But yeah, but but if you think about it, the whole movie's set up around you know concern about a Doug, so that's good. Yeah. Well, they do yeah. say Doug a lot in the Hangover movies. They, they yeah. do, and yeah, like you said, they were concerned. Uh, that's nice to see. That's yeah. nice to see someone, someone care. <laughs> People care about us. Well, Doug Jones, you've been an absolute uh, delight to talk to today. Oh, as have you. Can, can you give us a couple, uh, yeah. you know, sound effects before you go? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you have anything to plug, Doug? Uh, let us see. Well, uh, uh, oh, well, okay. 
Uh, first of all, yes, I mentioned Star Trek Discovery before. Uh, season three of Star Trek Discovery is in the can, finished. Post-production was halted for a minute, so our, our, our premiere date was pushed back a bit. But they did finally settle on October 15th, when season three will start airing on CBS All Access. Um, so that's, that's good news to look forward to. Um, I do have a remake of Nosferatu that has been uh, yeah. it's, uh, in, been in post-production for years now, unfortunately, on, on an independent budget. They've, they've been doing it as can. So uh, that's still still coming. And uh, I've seen I saw a rough cut and it is actually gorgeous. So oh, can't, the, can't the makeup in that again. Oh, my oh, God. Was, amazing. It is stunning. Stunning. Um, and other than that, I just yesterday. Uh, I, I, there's a company, there, uh, a YouTube channel, very, very popular YouTube channel with over 10, tens of millions of, of views, uh, bat in the sun. They're called, they do lots of, uh, they do lots of comic-y superhero-y kind of, um, short films and, uh, talk show kind of things. Anyway, they did a Batman short film that they wanted me to come be a guest cameo in that I filmed yesterday and I'm not going to tell you what character yet, but, oh. it's, but it's a character that, that fans have been clamoring for me to play for many, many years. So that's going to be a, a short on YouTube that'll be coming out mm, shortly. Oh my All God. Right. That's great. What about you, Doug Miller? Do you have anything uh, promotable at this point? Uh, I will. Uh, I, I should have a date for my new uh, comedy album. Uh, Fart Safari 3, Fart Hard with a Vengeance. Sorry, Doug Jones. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks to have that date, but it should be, it's going to be coming out in the next few months, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, but yeah, just find me on social at Doug Mallard. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you and I will be back again next week uh, talking to, uh, you know, one or more Dougs. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Doug Jones. You're an all star. Mm. And, um, we always end each episode with uh, some sort of uh, pun with the word Doug in it. And uh, uh, I'm thinking just um, that it'd be fun to call this one Three Dougs. It's a deal. <laughs> I, I, I'm one of them. Yay. Yeah. As always, this has been Three Dougs. <laughs> Got it.